Hi, this is uh, Eugene. I uh, had the opportunity to attend the, San the first ever San Diego WhoCon, and there were lots of good panels and things there. Uh, one of the ones I attended was one by artist Karen Hellion. Uh, she had a lot of insights into her piece, uh, pieces that she has made and created, and it was very uh, interesting to see some of the thoughts that go into what you can and can't do for a piece of art. And one of the ones that I was able to purchase was the one with uh, Captain America and Peggy Carter, and you have a TARDIS in the background. So I think it's called something like the the second dance, back to that dance, or that dance, because <laughs> in the first movie they never get to have that first dance. But it's a really cool uh, piece, and Karen is very friendly. I enjoyed talking to her after her panel, and... Um, I hope she likes our podcast. Uh, you can find Karen on Twitter at khalion, K-H-A-L-L-I-O-N. Thanks for listening, Karen. Talk to you soon. Welcome to Who Knew. We are fans of the current series of Doctor Who, and here we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights into the modern regeneration of the show. Today's episode is Tooth and Claw. It is the second episode of season two. Queen Victoria is not amused when an order of monks send a werewolf to attack her. Tooth and Claw is written by Russell T. Davis, directed by Euros Lin. It originally aired on the 22nd of April, 2006, and it had an overnight rating of 10.3 million viewers. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's also a good episode. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. Uh, my name is Eugene. This is Arlene. Yeah, what is it that um, <laughs> YouTube translates my name to? I can't. It's like something oh, else. It's well, the automatic, oh, the, uh, the automatic uh, captioning. Closed, closed captioning. It doesn't get my name. So. I can't remember. <laughs> Pronounce it. Arlene. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> this is Josh. <laughs> Alburn. Hi, this is Alburn. Frank. Hello there. Brian. Hi. All right. Uh, we open on Scotland, 1879, and a beautiful wide shot that we haven't really seen before on location. And it's very um, color-corrected. <laughs> not supposed to talk about that. And a group of monks attack a remote country manor owned by Sir Robert McLeish. They, uh, they place his wife, Lady Isabel, along with their staff in the cellar. The monks then drag a cage into the cellar as well. As they uncover its contents, the people scream. Cut to opening credits. <laughs> All right. I want to know, because I've been dying to know. What does everybody think of that opening sequence? <laughs> Which part? The, the kung fu the, part? The, monk, the monks. The monk attack. I, th I think it's great. It just amps the level of action, and it's clearly inspired by Memoirs of a Geisha. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> no, but it has that same... What, 35 millimeter? Yeah, the whole, the whole episode the is scenes. shot differently, I think. It, it really... But yeah. that opening scene. It has more of a cinematic quality to it. I yeah, thought that's that for it. would <laughs> never trust anyone who's white doing martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are going for that look of the movies, but I just don't like that look in the movies <laughs> either. It's... I, if okay. I don't know, there's so much things I going on with stand. the choreography and going on with the fight sequence and all they put into it. I want to see it. I hate that they chop it up or block it so you can't see oh, yeah, all the work yeah. that goes into well, it. And I that's think in so many different movies. I get, I get that. A lot it, of that is because 
well, I could be speaking out of turn, but um, they only have so much that they do properly. They use editing to cover up what they can't do or aren't doing or technically and things like that. But then that. because of that, it became a style. Yeah. You do oh, it's definitely a style, a style. With that. But uh, what year was that? What year was that? 2006. <laughs> I mean, just to me, I that opening is awful. I just can't stand it. It's so I'm, like, we're going to be artsy now. And well, the thing, oh, I, I don't, I, I don't mind it. I kind of like, it's a different, part. I know I'm in the minority, but, but, uh, I do think the whole episode, the whole first quarter of the episode is very un Doctor who, right? They're, they're, they're sitting there in the, in the, um, they're out on and the, the TARDIS doors. and they're laugh. First of all, the opening, but then you know they're laughing. There's rock music. Uh, even his hair isn't as hooey as it usually is. What else? Uh, you know, they have uh, the kung fu film. The clothes he's wearing. Even even he's in a t-shirt and his shirt's open. He's not wearing a tie through the whole movie. The music that they're playing. Um, it's almost like they yeah, tried hit to hit me with your rhythm stick. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I almost felt like, I don't know if this director's done many other episodes before, but somebody somewhere was like, let's make this more accessible to people who don't watch Dr. Who. And that's why I'm yes. okay with it because the rest of the episode isn't as, oh yeah, like stylized. Yeah. No, to I mean, me, it's in, a, in a different way. Right. But it's but very, it's still very different. It's still the normal yeah. Doctor Who. But I mean, I, you could, for me, you could just clip out the teaser mm-hmm. and I, this is fantastic, but I really don't like that. Did opening. they only do it to put it in the next on of the previous show to get it, those 10 million people? It might've been. Yeah. Maybe. It might've been. That's oh, why. Huh. It, I think <laughs> also the 10 million viewers were like, Hey, David Tennant's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Now that they know that he's all that good. True. They were, Traveling to 1979 rather than 1879. So Rose is dressed again like she has in other episodes for the time period she's going to, except for I think the nylons or the black stockings would not be in the 70s. But the cutoffs, the denim, mm-hmm. overalls, and then T-shirt. the doctor's pretty much his usual. This, I mean, except that's, that's except he took off his tie. He's a little <laughs> Bowie esque. But that's more, he's a little more Bowie in the right. 80s mm-hmm. than Bowie in the 70s. Rock and peace. Uh, so the Doctor and Rose arrive alongside a dirt road, and when they exit the TARDIS, they are face to face with the royal guards of Queen Victoria. The Doctor asks the Queen why they are traveling by road rather than train, and she tells them that a tree has blocked the tracks. They both wonder if it was deliberate. The Queen is heading to the manor of Sir Robert for the night. The monks, now disguised as Sir Robert's staff, force him to agree to shelter the Queen and her entourage. And the Queen's guards also bring in a small box which they are told to protect with their lives. In the cellar, the terrified people are shushed by a hooded, almost feral man in the cage. Now, there was a big, big Easter egg. Hmm? Yeah. Big classic Who Easter egg in this, which is fantastic. Do you know Eugene? You Uh, know Frank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do. Yeah. When they ask the doctor his name, oh yeah, McCrimmon. He says his name is Doctor James yep. McCrimmon. I have that here and too. That is named for <laughs> Jamie McCrimmon, who was the most famous companion of the Second Doctor. The actor or the character? The character. 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 Oh. And the character Jamie was a Scottish Highlander. An uh, 18th century. An 18th century Scottish Highlander. Which doctor was that? Second. Second. Mm. Just said that. And Jamie was very, I'll fight you. Jamie is a really great character. He's very, very fun. Oh, so he could just put on that personality because he knew that that's where he was from. Huh. And we also have uh, David Tennant in his natural yeah. speaking voice. I wonder about that. 
I think that Scottish accent's still a little thick. Oh, yeah, he's definitely laying it on. He's laying it It's like it me on. talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Talking like what? You're talking like you normally do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my point. All these whoas. <laughs> all these whoas who like Dr. Who. Dude, like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> just like, you know, you're just talking the same. You take the 405, or did you take? <laughs> like, you guys yeah, so need to stop making fun of the Valley Girls, because that's... That's how we talk, okay? <laughs> Can we say gag- gagging with a spoon last episode? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I love that they put in a Jamie reference. Yeah. And I mean, that ties it all the way back to the second Doctor. And, and you wouldn't need it. No, I was wondering it. about that. You know, it doesn't it matter. Because you normally would say Dr. John Smith. No, it's mm-hmm. great. But he's like, oh, I'm in Scotland. I mean, as well, talk about Jamie. He was my buddy. Yeah. So so I did know that. I didn't know which one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. But then... uh but then you're right about his, he, he was able to talk, mm-hmm. uh, talk Scottish. And Rose couldn't do it. Like, oh, no. He's <laughs> like, no, don't. No, no, no don't, don't. Don't do that. <laughs> Which is a 10th Doctor theme. Uh, theme. Oh, they're, they're introducing a lot of 10th Doctor themes yeah. very well, early it's on. Probably, no. It's not an introduction of a theme. It just became a theme because that's what he does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they weren't thinking, but it just it he, happened here. You know, they wrote it. It worked. They yeah. kept doing it. Tenet is able to no no don't 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 do that and it's very funny so they just kept it around which is great i thought it was interesting that the doctor didn't project what he wanted on the psychic paper it was like whoever he holds let, it yeah he sees them. what they want to see and he was surprised that the queen says oh you're here to protect me and he was oh that's what it says <laughs> like know, oh yes it does <laughs> usually it's what he says i guess because he usually holds it mm-hmm so he projects it projects what he's oh, cause he in his brain. handed it over to her. Right. So she was holding it, and that's what she wanted to oh, see. Oh, I never got that before. I always thought even when he held it up, it's what the other person wanted, but it's it's what the person... I get it. It's a little back and forth, like give and take. It's more what fits. Because if he, if he inceptionizes it, it, kind of, it... Well, if he's already yeah. put the idea in the yeah. person's head, this right. reinforces it yes. because it is from their head. Well, now we'll have, to track, we'll have to track that as to if they stick to the rules. Just because I'm thinking much later. Don't go too far. Okay. Be careful. Just kidding. Go I'm ahead. just saying where it's <laughs> blank for someone. Yes. I, I missed it. It was blank for someone. Some people it's blank. Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't see They're anything. too smart. Yeah. yeah. It's like the Jedi mind trick. It doesn't, it doesn't work, work on yeah. everybody. Yeah, I remember. Yes, there, are, so there, then, are, there are certain people who won't, it, they'll see a blank piece of paper. Yeah. I did remember that happening, and I thought that was in, in today's episode, but mm. obviously it wasn't. <laughs> also, uh, just a trivia note: she she does say you. You says here you're my protector, and she he's been assigned by the Lord and Provost, I believe is the word. Provost. I looked that up. Uh, Lord Provost is a civil head or a Lord Lieutenant of certain cities in Scotland. It's kind of the local equivalent of a mayor. And mm. to this day, mayor. The equivalent mayor? of what? Mayor. Oh, a mayor. mayor. Yeah. And so to this day in Scotland, there are still provosts. Hmm. So just a little bit of trivia. And you think she actually saw that or that she was just going along with it? Oh, no. I think she saw it the on doctor. the paper. She brought it up out of the blue. It yeah. was hers. No, but, uh, but, but she I mean, saw I, it on I the paper. But I mean, I kind of felt like that it was suggested well that it was her kind of getting the doctor to be in her party without her actually seeing it like it was she was smart enough to know that there was something fishy about it that Mm. he was kind of conning them and then turning the con back on him i thought that might have been the case but then how she reacted so negatively to anything fanciful and magical in the end she wouldn't have had any of that that's true early on i think that's she actually saw that on the paper but I did think what you were thinking when it was happening. Hmm. 
Because she does kind of play it like, oh, but this says this. Mm-hmm. But I... But in the way that the... you would almost with a child, like if they were yeah. playing a game, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, yeah, I she, have yeah. this. It's like, well, right. no, actually it says it's time to clean up. So It's like, oh, that yeah. is hot lava. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> point. I don't know to think about that. I like it. Because <laughs> I, I think I agree with Josh, but I like that. I mean, I, I, I can see it go either way. Yeah, I think maybe they were playing us to maybe think that maybe. early on. So they played it that way. You were saying something, Frank? Well, just uh, one thing the Queen says when she invites them to join uh, her and her entourage is that, you know, the stories of the area of telling of the wolves and that the wolf stories are good for the blood. And I just thought mm. that was a funny little yeah. twist oh, yeah. on what was yeah. coming up. Yeah. You wouldn't get that on the first uh, viewing, but repeated viewings are like, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> and a little casting trivia, the main, the head soldier who's protecting the queen is the same soldier who was protecting Ned Stark in Game of Thrones season one. Oh, good job he did. <laughs> I know. Well, you know. Um, we had the whole and, bat of trying to get Rose saying, I can get her to say, you're not amused. We are not yeah. amused. <laughs> yeah, you can see the two of them are really loving their travels at this point. They're just having yeah. fun. But they are a little too giddy yes. during mm-hmm. this whole thing. During the whole episode, yeah. And that is that part it's, of the new relationship they have where... That, you know, when you first are with somebody, everything's just roses. Oh, this is the honeymoon period? Yes. I think there's a little of that. I also think that time period is so, seems so out of fake. What'd you say? Stuffy? Yeah, it's so stuffy and so different from, you know, the time period that they're used to or or that it's almost like you can't take it seriously. Right. You got to tweak it. No, mm-hmm. Personally, I would have loved fitting into that. <laughs> I don't know. They had the Unquiet Dead was around the same time period. Right? That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And so you, they didn't take that as, as silly. As silly. As well, light. It was like, it was the time period. It's right. I mean, Rose and the other doctor. Well, I think, too, maybe it's part of that whole thing. Like, they were trying to unwho the beginning of the show to be either more accessible, or maybe they were just having fun with it. Yeah, I think they were just having fun. Mm-hmm. Who wrote this episode? Russell T. Davis. Russell T. Okay. Um, also, did you notice the name of the estate? Torchwood. Yeah, I wonder if that's significant to anybody. <laughs> we'll get to that in the notes later. <laughs> I always think of Bewitched when I watch this episode. Yeah. Then Claire and the Queen and. <laughs> oh my God. All I kept hearing. We are not amused. Oh my God. <laughs> that's right. It makes me wonder if Davis was a fan of uh, that. <laughs> anyway, Sir Robert escorts them to uh, an observatory housing a large telescope that was a project of his father's. The doctor comments that the telescope won't work because of the amount of prisms and that the magnification is all wrong. Sir Robert says he knows little of his father's work. His father and the Queen's husband, Prince Albert, were friends, and the prince often stayed here. The Queen says that Albert loved the strange stories the two men would discuss, especially one of a local wolf. The head monk, now dressed as the head steward, interrupts and suggests they prepare for dinner. There's a cute little bit when the doctor is looking at the telescope and he's saying, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And then he quickly goes to Rose and goes, am I being rude again? Yes, you are. (laughs) Okay. And I just like it because it's quick and and she checks him and there's now they're... They really are a pair now. Mm-hmm. There's also a flashback to Christmas yeah. invasion episode. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I'm a rude doctor. That was rude. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, but, but it continues that going. Now she, he goes and checks with her. I mean, right. So it builds up onto that. Yeah. Is that the scene where they focus on the box or is that in a little bit? Cause no, this is the before. scene with the telescope where he's saying the prisms. There's too many yeah, prisms. Well, when she gets out of the carriage, 
they, they focus on the box. Yes. Yeah. I know it's on purpose, but it's just this, ooh, a box. What's that? It's just, it's very obvious that they're focusing on it. Well, they also tell them to guard it with their lives. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yes, and then this, the doctor is, asks this is a big it. plot point. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember first watching this and thinking, is there some alien trapped in that or something? Like, I not knowing... Like, Being Doctor Who, you don't know what's in there, yeah. what the possibilities. And not knowing of the crown jewel or whatever. Like, Yeah, you wouldn't think of it. It's not part of my culture, so I, w- I wasn't thinking like, oh, that's what that's in there. And what's your culture? American. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, well, I have to do this. I have to put my history degree to some use. Uh the queen mentions that Albert is from the region of Saxe-Coburg, mm-hmm. and the doctor says that's Bavaria. So the British family at this point was pretty much more German than English, and the family name actually became after Albert and Victoria's descendants. They were the house of Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. Uh, it was in World War One where they went, that sounds a little too German. So they changed the name to Windsor, and it was just a random, wow. not random, but it was an arbitrary choice to just, we like this name, it's very British. We are the House of Windsor, and that's where you get the House of Windsor. Well, how could they, if everybody knew who they were, how do you just change the name? They just royalty. They're allowed to do what they want. They can do what they want. (laughs) But it was kind of like, all right, you know, we're going to show solidarity with all the, I mean, they were English. Mm -hmm. Right. But, you know, they were just descended mainly from a German wing of the same family. Mm -hmm. And through various name machinations, they were Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. And so then it, it wasn't a problem until World War One, when all, all right. of a sudden the Germans were the bad guys. And so they switched the name hmm. to Windsor because there was such anti-German. No one who sentiment. speaks German can be a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking so. of historical facts, uh, Russell T. Davis pointed out that the two soldiers who brought the Cohen War across from India are named when the head captain of the guard says, you two take mm-hmm. these, take the, that's who he's naming the two. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. And Kohinoir means mountain of light. Yes. And that in, I knew. In your research, is that an actual jewel or is that just... That is a real jewel. Real jewel. It is uh, currently placed in the Queen Mother's crown. So when you go to the Tower of London and see the crown jewels of Britain... It's uh, it's an it's inset right in the front of the Queen Mother's. So um, it not that been, we've not that we know down. about the diamond yet, but um, well, when the diamond was originally found, it was like over seven hundred carats, oh, and it was just a rock. Uh-huh. So it you know it's not like a diamond like we think of today, yeah. all shiny, but it was a diamond. So everybody freaked out. It passed through a whole bunch of different hands. So. India's got a claim on it. Pakistan, even Iran has a claim on it. Afghanistan. And then through the wars, there was a a treaty signed to end one of the wars, Punjab War. And one of the terms in the treaty that both sides signed was that the Kohanur would go to Britain. And then it went to, but by this point, it had gone from over 700 carats to like 180 because there was a couple Indian jeweler types who tried to make it better and like destroyed half of it and then it went to britain and it was prince albert who didn't like the look of it so he's the one who had it cut down to its present size which is about 105 carats and they did it as best they could and it looks great but by today's standards people say it's really not the greatest cut Hmm. because it doesn't facet the light perfectly you can kind of see holes in it but everybody is still like that's a big diamond yeah so that is a real thing and and that's what's in the box India, everybody's called for it to be returned, Iran, down through the years. But India, I think last year, made another call for Britain to um, return the diamond. Mm. And 
you know, Britain basically said, nah, you're cute. But legally and diplomatically, they said, no, this was signed for in a treaty. And so it is legally ours, too. Different countries are arguing over who owns what property? Yeah. <laughs> and you can see this now. Yeah, we've Foreign. seen it. Where? We've seen it at the Tower of London. Oh, wow. Yeah, you go into the Tower and you see the crown jewels and you'll see the Queen Mother's. So it's not... Is it by it, an open window? It's not the Queen. Moonlight can shine in? Oh, there are a lot of guards with a lot of automatic <laughs> weapons. No, but there is a little sign saying, as seen in the Doctor Who episode. <laughs> <laughs> he said in the episode, there's a legend behind it that all who, who own it are going to die, hmm. which, well, like he says, it's yes. true of anything. But kind of in the British royal family, it became, a, um, it was considered bad luck for men to own it. Hmm. So no British royal male member hmm. has ever owned it or, or worn it. It's always been input, inset into uh, the females. So it's like, so a, it it's in, like a, a, a royal hot potato. Well, no, that was okay for the women to have it. So like, I don't remember the queen who had it first, but eventually it got moved to Queen Mary's who is the, I want to say, grandmother of Elizabeth, maybe even great-grandmother of Elizabeth, it was in her crown. And then it was put later on um, into Queen Elizabeth's mother's crown. Mm. So the queen mother who died in 2000, 2001, mm. um, it's her crown mm. that it's now in the Tower of London. So it's still there. I feel like mm. I've learned so much this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's history. Thank you. I like it. Me too. History is fun. You learn things every day. This is what Doctor Who is yeah. for. We'll get into part of that later. Rose is offered some of Lady Isabel's clothes, so she is more appropriately dressed. Hiding in one of the wardrobes is Flora, a very frightened maid. She tells Rose about the monks, and Rose assures her that the Doctor can help. As they make their way through the castle to find him, they are captured and placed in the cellar with the others. The monks serve the Queen's guards drinks that have been drugged, and that quickly knocks them out. Other monks are in the kitchens making garlands of mistletoe. I like how Rose is again reaching out to somebody that's working class and just talking to them. Mm -hmm. and it's just the mm -hmm. consistent with her character. Yes. Were the guards drugged with mistletoe? Yes. Is that no. all the same? No? no, I think they were. It was mistletoe. Is mistletoe. No, I think there are two different things going on. Yeah. yeah. Why would I thought it was different. The mistletoe somebody. is for mistletoe is a poison. Were, were they killed? Or were no, they but. It, I think I think it was all they used mistletoe for all of it personally. Oh, I mean, they don't okay. say. Right. No, I think listen to the commentary a while ago that that was kind of a misdirect is what Russell was trying to do, and they're like doing two different things. Uh, oh, oh, so okay. it seems like they were. Uh, so it's like, what are they doing uh, with the mistletoe cooking that? But and then they oh, but it was actually for another I reason. Just, I didn't listen to good. it before doing this podcast. The, there is something like that later that I know of, but I don't remember hearing that part in the commentary. Could be wrong. I, listen to I mean, they don't say what they're using. Yeah, I mean, right, I, right. in my mind, I just always said it's what mistletoe. Yeah. So no kissing, though. No. <laughs> mistletoe. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like what mistletoe is known for. Because you're Jewish and you made a Christmas reference. <laughs> <laughs> Irving Berlin wrote all the Christmas music. <laughs> we learned something else. Yes. No, but is there any, like, uh, folklore or why people hang mistletoe because something is poisonous or it's supposed to ward off any spirits or Probably, is there anything? Probably, and I'm sure I've read it down through the years. This I can't think pretty. of it right now. Don't remember. It's red. Just from Batman. It's, it's deadly if you mean it. Yeah. <laughs> Just as long as you don't <laughs> eat it. That's the Ingest it. 
meanwhile, the queen, the doctor, Sir Robert, and the head steward are waiting in the dining room. Sir Robert tells the story of the local wolf. For 300 years, on each full moon like this night, a werewolf is seen and livestock found ripped apart. Also, each generation, a boy mysteriously disappears without a trace. Sir Robert's family believe these stories, claiming to have uh, spoken to the beast and learned what it wanted. The head steward begins chanting at the full moon, and the doctor realizes he is not Sir Robert's steward. He demands to know what happened to Rose, but the monk just keeps chanting. Sir Robert apologizes to the queen, saying that they have taken his wife. He and the doctor run to free the hostages, leaving the monk with Captain Reynolds and the queen. The monk jumps Captain Reynolds, and the queen pulls out a pistol and shoots the monk. The lighting in that dining room scene is amazing. Like, you can see the detail of the carving in the chair. But it's still dark. But, but it's still but very it dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depth. And you can see, it's like... It's very rich. Yeah. The, the, whole, the whole episode shot very rich and, and contrasty, but not overly so. But on this, the doctor asks the queen if she misses her husband, and her reaction is great. And yes. Yeah. And the, the woman one put, is, no one ever asks her that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't uh, ever talk about yeah. it. It's just... What? Go ahead. Sorry, from a historic... Ender. We have a werewolf here. Yeah. <laughs> From a historic standpoint, Albert died very young, and Victoria never recovered. She wore black to the day she died. Mm. Uh, she retreated. She was when she was young. She was very outgoing. She was very uh, sociable. You know, for a monarch, a royalty. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, but she became very, very insulated after Albert died. It. She never recovered from his death. And um, that shows in this. She played that well. That's oh, why yes. I love that scene where it's like, it doesn't need to be there. But is again, a great character moment. Yeah. It adds so much to the character, makes her a human being. Because, you know, we, we're watching it today going, Queen Victoria. Oh, yeah, we are not amused. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what most people, if they know Relate anything about her. her, they only know about that. Yeah. But this is like, you know, this was a woman. This was a woman who loved her husband. Because, again, you know, you think of stiff royalty. Well, they're married for convenience. And it was. It was an arranged marriage. But they fell in love. Mm -hmm. And she never recovered from him passing away. They're always good at that in this show. Putting a personality into a historical figure. So it's not just, you know. It's just uh, the writing in general. It's one of the things I tell people who don't like Doctor Who. It's like, it's just really good writing. That would be interesting to pose another question. like to only show people, like if someone's not all that interested, but they're a historian, to collect the historical episodes <laughs> mm-hmm. and have them just watch those. Because they usually are a little bit bottle shows. True. And from way back, 50 years ago, when they started the show, it was built on that premise. It was mm. They sold the show saying, this show can go into the future, but this show can also go into the past and teach people history. Mm. Um, and it did. For as a while. best it could for a while. Yeah. And then there was kind of a mandate, no more history. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> and so it didn't do history episodes for the very longest time. I'm glad now We're that they brought back. it back and they don't. They still, to this day, 10 years on, uh, still do history episodes. Well, that's how I got sold on Doctor Who was by watching the history episodes. I also have a history degree. And, uh, um, awesome, isn't it? I know we're so cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I actually really did not like going into the future and I would skip around and watch the history episodes. So yeah. Cool. So that's how I got sucked into this. 
also i always had a little joke when when uh she wants to hear the queen wants to hear about the stories tell us of your monsters you know so she's all excited mm-hmm. and i just always want the robert to be like well there's this emo kid in the basement right now because <laughs> we always cut to him and he's all hooded and it's like dude <laughs> i thought it was interesting that they actually ate dinner they didn't wait for Rose. You can look at the plates were there and they have the food. Yeah, no food. And it's like the doctor's okay with that. He's He didn't ask about Rose till later on. And it's like, well, she's off doing whatever. Right. But it says she's having trouble with her clothes or, or delaying. It her. just seems that that's showing a new part of the relationship between the doctor and Rose that he not... feels comfortable that she's off on her own. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I am glad that they did put some line in there to explain why Rose. Because otherwise there. it would have bothered yeah. me. Yeah, because then he would be like, why isn't the doctor wondering? But he was told one thing, and he accepts it and moves on. But he also accepts it because of who Rose is at this point. Yes. I think earlier on he would go, well, then we should check on her mm-hmm. yeah. or something. And But I just thought that was a good thing that I noticed this time. They did eat. I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a big discussion or it might just fall flat. I'm wondering, again, if this were the ninth doctor. Because I'm thinking right now the tenth doctor is also really fascinated to listen to the stories and to listen to Queen Victoria. He really wants to hear from them because he's interested in that stuff. I wonder if the Ninth Doctor would have been as interested. Because the Ninth Doctor kind of like wants to watch things happen. He doesn't want to hear stories so much. I mean, do you agree with that? Just thinking, yes, it is because of the way Rose is now. She's very adult. He doesn't have to worry about her all the time. But if it were the Ninth Doctor in this position now, would he still... Because it almost seems like the Doctor's a little little distracted by his company. I, I think he would, because uh, even the Ninth Doctor always wanted to hear what everyone had to say. Go on. Tell me what you think. You, you, you know, if, if he was examining it or if he was uh, arguing with it, like, he would be amused. He would prompt someone to, to tell a story, <laughs> and then he'd sit with that, you know, big-eared grin. Well, I think he didn't have the patience for it. It was only if they were telling him things he liked. Otherwise, he yeah, wouldn't care. But I think this would, might be something he liked. Well, I, I I think he would be interested because it's the Queen. Yeah, and that's it's what I mean. A, it's that's a what British I mean, like, show, so he would you know want to talk to her. Because he's wondering if he would have the time for the Queen. But he's not he's not in a rush to do anything. He doesn't know what's going on. He, no, I know, but I'm just saying in in terms of wondering about Rose. I think oh, he would have said some other lines about. Should we wait for her? There's just some more about... Rose wasn't capable that. back then. No, but I'm saying, yes. At this point? But I'm saying at this point, the same Rose, at this point, who now is capable, if this he, were... The if, Ninth Doctor the did ninth not doctor were sitting regenerate. Down he would not have worried because... I don't think he would have either. I, think, I don't think so. Okay. I think that's... Because of who she is. Very aware of I'm who not saying Rose, he wasn't, I'm just curious. Yeah. Right. He was very aware of who Rose was when she was who she was in her development. And at this point, there... There's no sign of danger that he could pick up. Right. Mm-mm. In the unquiet. I mean, he had something that's like a little bit going on just because of the way I think Sir Robert was acting when they first arrived. But, but it that, wasn't like anything really dangerous. Yeah. It was just something yeah. odd. Actually, I think the Ninth Doctor would have caught on faster. I do there think that. The, yeah, that there was danger. And he would have been like curious and try to prod it a little bit more with the... The McLeish, the steward, oh, the steward, just because just the whole thing. Oh, maybe you guys should go to your rooms now, mm. and that would have like really turned on like yeah, the red I agree light with there, that too. and he would have he would have investigated. Yeah. So then at that point, right. maybe he would have been a little bit worried about. Chris. And he would have been listening to the story because trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Keep again, talking, and I can figure out things. Again, there would have been a gravitas. A yes. To yeah. the ninth doctor sitting at that table rather than tenant. Yeah. I Ten. Think, 
<laughs> yeah, and I think that the Tenth Doctor, like, he's in a way, the way he goes about some things, sometimes a little ditzy. Like, mm-hmm. it's more of. Like stumbling yeah, upon. But it's almost yeah. a Columbo kind of way, yeah. if anybody yeah, remembers yeah, Columbo, yeah. who's old enough, <laughs> where you, by doing that, you There's unarm. The defenses of the other people and put them a little more at ease so they do reveal themselves. The perfect example of that is in Family of Blood, but we'll get to that. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to ask, in The Unquiet Dead, did we see Rose and the Doctor separated there? Like, uh, I haven't watched it as many times. Mm. She got kidnapped. Yeah, she she did. Okay, and then he he did... No, but they also Pursue split up in the house. Okay. Like he goes and or she goes and talks to Gwyneth. Right. And the doctor's not around. Right. And she's also caught with the zombie. And he herself. is more, yeah, you're okay. So, mm-hmm. but it's not sitting down to dinner. I but mean, it's he, not sitting down he where he's supposed to be there. And he was still investigating, right? If I, if and I he has right. something to occupy yeah. his brain. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so in the cellar, Rose begins to talk to the creature and discovers it as an alien living inside the body of the last boy who died had disappeared. I want to quote that line. It's a great line. I carved out his soul and sat in his heart. Yeah, that is a great <laughs> line. Such a good line. <laughs> and delivered, too. With a, Could have been cheesy, but it works. Yeah. Well, Nothing a plaque with a your Scottish wall accent is ever cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> Why was this guy in a cage? Yeah, that was my... I wrote that down. Because well. uh, he's dangerous. But the monks need... To control him. Yeah, if if... If a, if the if the werewolf is out on the moors, stay off the moors. Had to say it. Um, and he sees a monk. The monk's dead. That's why they have the mistletoe. But he's only gonna. Which we haven't figured. Oh, out so yet. yeah. But they so, want the same thing. So, he's a weapon, and they need okay. to control the so weapon. So he's not in a cage when it's not a full moon. I think he's always in the cage. They I think, he's always I think the so too. And then the kid but gets the, but bit. But they want. The, but if the kid is the kid, why would he bite? They want the, the same thing. The monks are working for the wolf. Yeah, the monks are working. Yeah, for but the wolf are. is uncontrolled. But he's not going to be the wolf except on the full moon. He's, yeah, did you see him? Did you see those teeth? I don't know if the monks are working for the wolf. What makes but you think, like, what what you think so? What makes you think that they're not working for the wolf is because they wouldn't treat it the way it's treated. The albino's working for the dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) But they want the same thing. They want the same thing, but they're using it as like a method of power. But but the the, the boy, the man, is fully aware of what's going on. Yeah. When he's not a wolf. And he's okay. He's fine. Right. So I don't understand why he's being... Well, yeah. Because because the mistletoe isn't ready yet. Before the three... Nights of the full moon type of thing. Maybe he's changing with his eyes and stuff. Maybe he's not always. So, but he has no soul. So like he's always this horrible, yeah, being. Mm. Yeah, and that was the whole point of getting the queen is to be able to to rule. Like the queen, right. to transfer as a wolf wouldn't be wouldn't in be in a cage. cage, right? No, but I, they. I think this but, is like some of the edges of disbelief. Like mm-hmm. what looks cool is having a hooded figure right, in a cage, in cage. Mm-hmm. that everyone's threatened by, even though he's but, right, in a cage. Right, right. <laughs> but the full moon is coming. Right. So, so put him in a cage so that he won't attack us. Attack us until we're ready. Right. I'm okay for with that. put him in a cage on the full moon day, which is what this was. <laughs> yes, but I, I didn't put that together until just now as we were talking about it, but. I can't imagine that he's in a cage before that. So this is a little hmm. bit going towards the end of the episode, so I don't know if I want mm-hmm. to spoil it now. Well, hopefully everybody's listened so we can. So it's, um, I kind of got it as this creature has evolved to this state of this pure evil. And the later on, they haven't evolved yet. 
because it's only started with one drop. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is, yeah, right. so that's exactly since it. since it's pure evil, it has to be kept in a cage because it's evolved 300 years to this point. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah but I still don't see, like, if they want, they, they want one of these creatures in, you know, on the throne, it's not going to be in a cage. Especially also because as a wolf, it breaks out of that cage right. anyway, very easily. Very easily, yeah. yeah. Which I think they may have designed the cage that way. Okay. Not, it's not meant to hold the wolf. Right. Just wolf. the man. Because it looks like, well, we'll get there. It's one of those, yeah. it's a cool story. Don't look too deeply into right. it because yeah. it's driving us crazy <laughs> trying to figure it out. My, my last thing was, why did the woman scream if he at was, the unveiling right. of a hooded figure? I mean, they might have known that this is I mean, that I evil think, that's in the land. I think in the them, commentary but... they do mention that, and it's like, it's just for the cold open. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> also, but as we rationalize. Have, you, have right. you ever owned a dog? They don't mind being caged. They like having cages. Oh, well, maybe that. <laughs> Depending on the dog. Yeah. yeah. But it's also, I'm thinking... More of a kennel. They lived yeah, with those stories. Yeah. And she may have believed her husband's father that the stories are real. And so that's just coming face-to-face with the black-eyed right. Right. demon that's in there. So, because they're part of that belief. That's how I rationalize the beginning. Yes. Or the whole, the sense of really feeling all that evil around there, like, no, this is horrible. Like, it could be, yeah. Sensing the absence of a soul, you can sense it. Mm. <laughs> or maybe when they cut to the credits, she was like, oh, it's just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty calm. <laughs> Weren't you that missing kid 30 years ago? <laughs> oh, no, it's an emo hipster. <laughs> the wolf... Or the well, the man at this point, he wants to transfer to the queen, so he can rule and create the empire of the wolf. Which, by the way, we'll be playing at Coachella this year. <laughs> you can buy your tickets now. Two hundred dollars service charge. <laughs> Moonlight bays the creature, and he begins to transform. Rose gets everyone to work together to pull the chains from the wall. As they escape, the doctor and Sir Robert arrive, and everyone runs. Lady Isabel and the maids are to leave the manor by way of the kitchen, while the male servants arm themselves. Did you did you catch earlier on before he changed what he said to Rose? Yeah, you have a bit of the wolf in you, yes. mm-hmm. and, and the sun burns. Yeah. Sun burns, but I only need. But the I moon. only need the moon. Yeah, you burn like the sun, but I only. But I need the moon or whatever. Anti foreshadowing. Yeah. Yes. Well, I like. <laughs> Is know, that the only? End? Go ahead. Is that the only reference to Bad Wolf in this episode? Well, other than the wolf being bad. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Words. You ask. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, no, we all laughed. That's the bad part. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. But I like that they're putting in Bad Wolf still, even though that ended with season one. Because mm-hmm. it makes because sense. Because she did send it, it through time. time and space, so that that's still showing up is great. Because mm-hmm. if it didn't, and then she uh, wouldn't but, have been sending it out. And also the two references that we've had both make sense. The the wolf was graffitied all over the Powell Estates, so it wouldn't just disappear the next day. Right. So, of course, you would see it in the asphalt. And then this one, it's a werewolf. It's yeah. right in the name. So <laughs> it makes sense. But I do kind of like the fact that it does kind of fade. Yeah, it still does every once in a while come back. But I think this is the last, like, regular. Is it, it's not in every episode after? No. 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 But she doesn't remember being the bad wolf, does she? Because she doesn't she really has. know what he's talking about. I mean, no, she does. She, but she doesn't remember what happened. It because she of doesn't. What's ne- she doesn't necessarily up. know what happened. But but she knows something. She happened. knows something happened. She knows right. that she's the bad wolf entity. She was. Yeah, she knows what he's talking about. But doesn't but remember the when he when she when happened. 
says that to her, though, she's probably terrified. Mm -hmm. Going, what does that mean? I thought I was done with that. Right. Yeah. Or even the fact that someone knows about it. That, that too. Yeah, well, it's like, oh my gosh, I still I have, that I still have remnants of this. It can still be detected. How do you know about that? That would be terrifying. It's like know? a condition being triggered by something. It's like, I don't want to trigger it again. Yeah, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Uh, was there anything else? I like the, the transformation here. I thought was really yeah. cool. The effect of the CGI yeah. on the uh, wolf was actually pretty good. Yeah. and then Much the w- better for... For TV, especially a few years ago. I think it helps with the dark lighting. Yeah. The, yeah, the shadows. As well. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, it was good all throughout. Like, the character of it, yeah. even though he didn't interact with people as much, and no. I think that helped. They were smart about the way they yeah. used it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked it a lot. For while the first episode of this season seemed really like high budget with locations and mm. lots of different things this one you know it takes place all in one similar location all the money went to that wolf right right <laughs> but i think it works food. yeah i think it works well <laughs> and um the, the 10th doctor's fascination when looking at the wolf is great i think I feel like he spent too much time looking at it. I'm like, get moving. Yeah, there's a, yeah. There's a lot of that. He doesn't translate. How beautiful. Well, they spent a lot of money making that wolf, so yeah. he's like, I got to look at it. But I also like I how was... Rose was pulling, you know, got everybody together yeah. Yeah. to pull the chain from the wall and then mm-hmm. go, where have you been? So, but she's <laughs> taking no control. She yeah. was growing. I, I think this is, I mean, this is almost like an opposite Rose from the Rose we see in the Christmas Invasion. Oh, yeah. And I know that the role of her in the Christmas invasion is she's got to be the person to say, we really need the doctor. We really need the doctor. We really need the doctor. And I get that. But it's so whiny. Um, but here's where, you know, she, like you said, she takes charge. She acts. She gets everybody to, to follow her, to do what she they have to do. She talks to the creature. She talks to the she creature. She knows that he's yeah. from another planet. And also the way Billy Piper plays it, how I look at it is that if you look at her, Rose is always scared. But... There's always just a little bit under the surface of, I'm scared and you're dangerous, but you'll be stopped. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, when she's just kind of like, okay. Like that, like that ace up her sleeve type yeah, of thing. Yeah, where it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, I can see how you could kill all of us, but I've been in this situation before, and yeah, we'll get out of it. Yeah. That's what you call bravery. <laughs> yeah, not really the ace up the sleeve, just knowing. Just know, yeah. That's going to turn out okay, rather than having well, to plan for it. Going, like, we're just doomed. keep working at it. Yeah. One thing I and, noticed about this episode is, is very is, this whole episode is about brave and strong women. You got the queen, you got Rose, Lady Isabel, Lady Isabel, Lady Isabel. It's it, it, Flora. It, it, oh wait, sorry. <laughs> it's definitely throughout. Yeah, yeah. I have that note that Lady Isabel is strong, and mm-hmm. Sir Robert is the weak one. Yeah, in their relationship. Oh, yeah. he's useless. <laughs> Not in well, fact, all the men get killed, none of the women do. But he redeemed mm-hmm. himself towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, but saying. it is uh, having the, all the strong women, which is great. It, it but it feels like it was on purpose. Oh but, yeah, but in it's interesting way. in that yes, he he's he makes bad decisions, but also even even the when they're building up the character, like there's no there's no action yet. But the little it's like no, I don't know what my dad was working on. Right. Oh, I don't I don't know why this room looks this way. You know, it it almost seems like he has no curiosity about anything he just is mm-hmm. and you know in doctor who universe that's the worst of the worst <laughs> you know if you if you're not curious about anything then you're, dead. you're just useless but in a way he did the same thing in a smaller way that, that uh, prince albert did everything he was doing was for his wife to save his wife Ooh, mm, no, no. <laughs> 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 Not quite there. I don't know. I don't completely disagree, but 
the way I said that was just funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because he doesn't do anything to save his wife. And well, I mean, he's well, more he, does complete, he does commit treason. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what true. I'm saying. I'm not saying he did the, uh, the honorable things, but he. Well, in a way, he did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was. He sort of, he was, like he says later, he was hinting, trying to hint to the queen not to come in. Yeah, that's true. Right. But um, he committed treason because he didn't want his wife to die. So Prince Albert did all this craziness so his wife would be saved. And um, then the, uh, was it the woman's father or his father? His, his father. father. His father did the same thing for yeah. his family. Well, I see Robert as like the exposition vessel of this oh, episode. Totally. So, I mean, that's why he's so like, whatever. Because he has to give us information. Mm. So. I, it's just interesting. I just thought of it in this moment. That it's just interesting that his motivation was to save his wife. Yeah. Prince Albert's motivation was to save, save yeah. his wife. There's He's a, no Mickey. There's a good no, parallel. No, Mickey. <laughs> no, not at all. Mickey will always be there. <laughs> <laughs> the werewolf breaks free of the collar and the male servants are quickly killed by it. The women see the monks are guarding the house so they can't escape. The wolf arrives in the kitchen... Uh, sniffs and leaves them alone rather than attacking. Lady Isabel notices the guards are wearing mistletoe and that there are sprigs of mistletoe all around the kitchen. She orders the maids to gather it up. Mistletoe. <laughs> Just said mistletoe so many times. Just to say it again. <laughs> what um, was that again? Mistletoe. mistletoe. Uh, this is the part that I think you're talking about, Frank, where Russell wanted uh, the wolf to see that to go into the kitchen with all the women um, staff and Lady Isabel, and not... All cowering down. Yeah, but not attack or kill them because of the mistletoe in the kitchen, but because they're not the queen. That's what he wanted, but everybody reads it as there's all these garlands and stuff in the kitchen, so he, that's why they're safe. I thought, the I thought the other way around. Because the, the, cause the it has to be the kill mistletoe. everyone. Yeah. Russell said it wasn't, but that's how well, it Russell's reads. Russell's wrong. But I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with that. I'm saying what he intended. <laughs> I'm saying what he intended, and the final product is different. Yeah, because of the way they animated the wolf. Mm -hmm. The wolf sniffs. Yes. The wolf is not happy to be in that kitchen. And I'm glad it's you, because I was going to well, bring that the up. The thing yeah. is, yeah. It's a, okay, he wanted to do a mislead, and he did it well, but so mm -hmm. well that it made sense that it was also the other yes. thing. And it I totally so it's makes not sense. really a mislead, it's just I it's agree. a double lead. Because, because if they had animated that wolf to be like, I'm in this kitchen, no problem, and I see you, and you're useless to right, me, right. so I just turn and walk away... Okay, one, then the mistletoe doesn't have any effect because mm -hmm. there's a ton of mistletoe right. in the kitchen. Yeah. And two, well, then why are you killing everybody else, dude? Yeah. Well, uh, I'd be interested <laughs> well, to watch I just again. went L.A. <laughs> well, well it, it could be like the Predator where he sees that you have a gun. And yeah. you're, oh, he's the Borg? Or, yeah, you're a threat. Okay. And you're hurting me, so I'm going to kill. Yeah, did he really, did we see him kill anyone that wasn't trying to kill him? I don't think so. And so. in the kitchen, well, we don't was gonna get. Go, but the wolf, well, we don't know what I was going to say. It looked like the wolf was going to attack them in the cellar. It did, yeah. They weren't threatening him. They That's were chained true. to the wall. That's true, too. But they got away. I know. <laughs> the character is that either this is a mistletoe or the monks have raised it to Raised it to fear think it to yeah. the yes. mistletoe. Yeah, the mistletoe. You know, so they're in control of the wolf even then because of that Because of the mistletoe. Statement. Yeah. No, because of the statement. So they are in yes. control of the wolf even though they are revering and right. they've trained worshiping it. the wolf. It's a weird relationship. <laughs> yeah, they've trained it to 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 react to, to not like mistletoe. That makes total sense. As a but, possibility because it's either the mistletoe does work or it doesn't. But when they dump but the, the effect is the same the way they've raised Either the way. So he could have sniffed it because he's part canine to track down the queen and it's like this is the way she went 
and is focused on that. Yeah, but when they dump the missile... So it could work either way, but... That's all I'm saying. Don't give me that look. I'm just. I <laughs> what know, do we got to do just... a video? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying it to you. It's just kind of like, but the mistletoe is so cool. And I just like, no, it's the mistletoe. Yeah. Well, plus when they dumped the mistletoe in the water on them, he, he was yeah. like burning. Well, if we go back, to, okay, we're jumping ahead, but uh, it could be because it's hot water that is burning. That's true. <laughs> You're saying something, Alper? Oh, well, uh, <laughs> for for the kitchen, the original kitchen, I think I would uh, go along with Russell's theory if we had the POV shot of the women, but I don't remember that oh, shot they, there. They close their eyes. That's why you don't have a POV. But of scared. the wolf looking, like oh, we, we gotcha. see the wolf's point right. of view on a lot of things, but yeah. we don't see the wolf seeing the women. We just see him s- smelling. Yeah, that might. I like the Tex Avery cartoon with all the wolf <laughs> does is look at the. different episode (laughs) um but i also one little thing i wanted to point out is i do like how even though what lady isabel isabel calls all the women over to her they all huddle together and she puts that one girl in front of her but but look at the way she does but that's i'm i'm reacting actually the exact opposite of that yes they're all huddled together and there are women in front of her but look at what she's doing yeah she's protecting them she's comforting them Mm -hmm. and i i really really like that i mean you know it's such a cliche in movies where it's like the upper class are scum the upper class don't care about peons and the right, little right. people and all that you know i think this thing. whole episode kind of it turns the ta- it turns it the table on the, the, on the uh, stereotypical mm-hmm. thing like and i really like that the people personality even even in the unquiet dead the servant girl actually has the most honor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right but that's my point that is how you would traditionally write something where the where the servant class are honorable and mm-hmm. the upper class are bastards. Mm-hmm. And this one, he doesn't do that. Like evens the playing field a little. He evens more. the playing field, you know. And it's like, yeah, we do have Robert, who isn't the sharpest tool in the shed, but well, that's he's fine. He's guy. still he's not a bad guy, and he he just made bad decisions. And he was forced into an yeah uh, you know a terrible position, but he still it seems like a human being. Isabel seems like a human being. The servant feels like Lord. a human being. It. It's just another sign of how with just little things, and Russell is so good at this, just with little things, you can make a well-rounded character. Mm-hmm. And you just look at that, and, you know, the first 20 times I watched this episode, I really didn't notice her doing that. And then on the 21st, is just another layer where it's like, that's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so the Doctor, Rose, and Sir Robert run into the Queen, who has just come back from obtaining the contents of the small box the guards were supposed to protect. And the four then make it to the library. The werewolf paces outside, but will not break down the doors. The doctor notices mistletoe is carved into the doors and then tastes the wood. It has been soaked with mistletoe mistletoe oil, Biscom album, and they realize this keeps the wolf away. Searching through the library books, the doctor finds a reference of something falling to earth in 1540. He believes something survived that crash and has been growing over the past 300 years by infecting person after person. The queen, knowing the werewolf is after her, pulls out a huge diamond and asks Sir Robert to protect the Koh-i-Noor, the greatest diamond in the world. She comments that Albert kept cutting it down over the years in an attempt to make it right. Again, that's what we were talking about earlier. That's what we yes. were talking yeah. about earlier. So go back. So rewind about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but really, this doctor is the only doctor that would lick 
the wall. <laughs> but that's consistent with his doctor. Yes. In the Christmas episode, he tastes yeah. the blood. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he finds, and a lot of people, I mean, that's how you do it. You so find gross. out by either smell, touch, you know, he licked and, it. Test, and taste. <laughs> okay, for, for me, this is like the slow or the lull in the, the episode. But it doesn't feel like it because it's... Yeah, this is the exposition oh, moment. Yeah. Because just a few minutes earlier, when things, when the, as soon as the uh, the wolf breaks out, like the fuse is lit. So even when it's quiet, we're, we're, we're still waiting moving. for something yeah. bad to happen. And you can hear the wolf. And you hear the wolf outside. You know, pacing, trying to find a way it's like in. This is, this is more the suspense scene than the action scene. Yeah, but and, it's still... It doesn't feel like it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's right, like, right. It's, really it's cool. still really well done. Yeah. It's just a couple things where, like, I know, um, I don't want to keep, it feels like bashing on Sir Robert. <laughs> and it's not that bad a character um, at all. But even he's just like, there's nothing in this room. <laughs> and then the doctor is like, you've got books. books. It's books. And because I have, because I love books so much, it's like, yes, yeah, see, kids, read, read your books. The pen is mightier than the sword. Exactly. Read your books. <laughs> now, best weapons I mean, in the world. You know, that, that's, means, that's, that means your Kindles. Read your Kindles. <laughs> no, read your, your books. E-books. No, well, they need don't to know what lease you're a about. file that can go away. <laughs> Buy a need to book. The word, by the time they're listening to this, the word book doesn't even exist. <laughs> I'm going to hurt you. Also, and what do you guys think of the uh, when the when the wolf is sniffing around and the doctor gets up and there's just oh, that, that face shot? That's oh, great. Love that shot. I love that, that, love that, that shot. Really that was a money shot for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just you know, a lot of times that doesn't work when they try and do it on the show. But that one was. Well, just... it's like everyone was saying, just the the personality in the wolf. Yeah. Was there. And it was animalistic enough and human enough. Mm-hmm. Like, it had just the right... There was amount. intelligence in it. Yeah. yeah. C was trying to figure things out. But it wasn't like out. a twisty mustache intelligence. <laughs> right. It was, it was just really, really it, well uh, done. And, th- and again, like, the way it was lit, the contrast... Yeah. The contrastness of the, the episode. I think, you know, it was a horror episode. Mm-hmm. Where I think I think the reason it was probably shot like that was because of the old, you know, the noir-like movies, the actual... The first werewolf movie, Long Chaney and all that. And, uh... Like you could watch this um, episode on a black and white television, yes. Um, and you we should. Say, yeah. should. That would be good. <laughs> they used to have black and white televisions before that they didn't invented have any color. color. Before they invented well, HD. Well, you can, you can, watch, you can <laughs> definitely take down the color on it. So. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you take the color down. Make it black and that white. could be really and cut the I sides like off. Yeah, cut the sides off and make it four <laughs> right, by three. Right, right. Well, let's not zap the color like Man of Steel did with Superman. <laughs> no, not to saturate. Just. <laughs> That two episodes in a row, yeah, Man of really, Steel. Yeah. You didn't even like, you didn't even hate it that much. I had a student once hate that actually much. thought the past was black and white. <laughs> was Cal- like Not a Cal- joke. Just just like North is up and South is down. <laughs> was he from Pleasantville? <laughs> I know. No. I have a friend whose brothers and sisters told her that horses were cows and cows were horses. Oh my god! And then she got in a big. She got in trouble in school. She was arguing. <laughs> This, this also shows a little bit of the old Rose is still there. I mean, in the last scene, you know, she offers to help this alien go back home. And so she's right there knowing about aliens, trying to help. And here, as Captain Reynolds is trying to stop it just to buy them time, knowing that he really can't stop it, mm-hmm. 
She's standing there watching him die and yeah. being eaten by the wolf. It's like I mean, it could have been like the a doctor kind of grab her and pull her into the library. <laughs> but she could have been like petrified with fear or yeah. something. But it's but after no. everything she's gone through, yeah, she's still she's just not a normal person. Yeah, mm. it's like Rose, wake up! What are you doing? To me, so I think that was just a bad staging thing because mm. they held it too long. Yeah, just been. like the doctor staring at the wolf. Yeah, too yeah. Long. just held yeah. it a little too long. Um, Where he's looking at it as wonder and beautiful. She's looking at it as terror. Like, no. Oh. Da, da, da. We'll <laughs> build in what you want. We also get the first the first inklings, the beginning of how the Queen's really beginning to feel about the Doctor and Rose. Yes. And they're sort of like when they say, they're but it's a werewolf. And they start giggling at the fact it's an actual werewolf. And Which I love. That. I like that. I love. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like, but first of all, werewolf. I know. You know, I mean. <laughs> And, you know, as as viewers who have watched Doctor Who for a long time, you look at that and go, yeah, yeah we're with them. The, we're with right. them. This is great. But I love that you get the queen's reaction. Mm-hmm. You see that, the queen seeing that, mm-hmm. which casts a whole different light on it. And then, you know, there's there's more where, you know, the, the doctor makes a quick gay joke. Um, then he tries to do what techno. Joke? I can't. I, <laughs> then he says the techno babble where it's like. You know, lupine veriform, blah 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 blah. You know, and his accent changed. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. And you know, I like that she slaps them down Mm -hmm. at this point. It makes her real. This is serious. But it makes her real, and it like puts us back in history. Yeah. Like people are dying, Mm -hmm. whether or not the mistletoe did it or not. Yeah. But (laughs) she's not like Charles Dickens, who kind of bumbled his way to courage. Right. Mm -hmm. She's like. No, they, this means something. Stop. Yeah. Stop acting like this is fun. Right. <laughs> and I think it that it really helps the episode. Oh yeah. But she's yes. just had people close to her die. Yes. That, that, that guard of hers, she probably has had around her. Yeah, Reynolds forever. Yeah. And so this is not a laughing matter. No. And they're just I mean, he knows there. what's inside the box. Mm-hmm. None yeah. of the other guards would. So there is a familiarity with them. And you know, we're in a library. All those books look good on a shelf. Probably that's only half for books, you, Brian. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> but, but also with the books, the, but the books is another tenth Doctor trait. Yeah, because that that will run throughout his mm-hmm. entire thing where he just likes books. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I'm going back to Rose. She's the one who asked, "Why isn't the wolf coming in? What's stopping him?" Yeah, she's thinking. Oh, did she? She's mm-hmm. the one who first brought it up. Oh, good for her. When they're going, "Why isn't he coming in?" And that's it's like, good. Okay, you're back. Yeah. <laughs> you're thinking again. So the doctor puts it all together. Sir Robert's father and Prince Albert were working together to destroy the werewolf. Suddenly, the wolf breaks into the room through the skylight. The four run out and make their way to the observatory. (laughs) The wolf almost gets Rose, but Isabel shows up and hurls a boiling pot of coffee, I mean uh, mistletoe tea, at at the wolf, hurting it and making it turn away. I still think it was the mistletoe burning him. Rather than just <laughs> the hot water. Hot water. But that's, but that's okay. what you're saying with this. It has okay. both things can work. I it's agree. not a misdirect. But both are can I, be true. I agree, but... Um, <laughs> Schrodinger's <if>, mistletoe. <laughs> both can work. If, if bullets aren't going to stop... If bullets aren't going to stop a wolf charging, hot water's not either. True. Or were they silver bullets? Honestly, I'm with the mistletoe. <laughs> Group. I'm just giving the other no, side of it. No, it's fun. I get it. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I have this vision of putting one of the sisterhood into a box. <laughs> just wondering if it's dead or not. I can't help it. 
The sisterhood me. are the cats. But at least she can oh. answer. Not the same are you like, yes. <laughs> Experiment over. Oh, I hope people know about Schrodinger's cat. Oh, yeah. uh, I was working on that tangent. I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> um, just, okay. Um, still, Schrodinger's sisterhood um when the when the doctor's talking about what the wolf wants and he wants to create the empire of the wolf mm-hmm. um seriously that is somebody's album name it has to be <laughs> um but when he's talking about like you know starships powered by coal mm-hmm. and, and all this kind of, and it's like it's you know steampunk yes. steampunk reality and there's a part of me going let him bite the queen. That would be awesome. <laughs> I would love to see steam uh, starships uh, with coal and gears, and you know, it's like okay, we lose the royal family. Mm, okay. And this is a story. This isn't real. <laughs> so, don't say that about the royal family. Okay, but um, bum. This is where I think it really shows, that, you know, that. Lady Isabel is really strong and Sir Robert is weak in that mm-hmm. she's the one who comes in to try and saves the day. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and he hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't in his actions. Poor right. Sir Robert. He's, He's the one who says, well, there's no other door. Oh, wait. Yeah, there is. <laughs> How long have you lived here? <laughs> oh, he never spent time with his dad in the library anyway, so. That's true. <laughs> But he's I like not the that cut. bad of a character. No, he isn't. No. He isn't. We're making him. But it's just showing, you know, that the way they worse. wrote him and the relationship. Yeah. You know, all the women in this episode, you know, are strong women, which is great. You know, and so he doesn't need to be. And it's, it's just a balance out in the relationship of those two. And plus, you know, we're here to peel apart the episode. Everything. And so it it does kind of come out. Like I really never thought Mickey was that terrible in Rose. No, but. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, we need to cut that. Um, in the episode called Rose, until we started talking about it, I'm ignoring you all. Until we all started to talk about it, and then it was like by the end, it was like, oh, Mickey, you stink. You know. <laughs> so it's like when you really do look at it and talk about it for a while, you start to see things more and more. You do see this is a very weak character, but it's right. still a human character. It's, well, it's it, nothing is nothing is beyond. And the thing is, it worked Reality. in their relationship and it worked in it, his life up yeah. to this point. Yeah. He didn't yeah. need to do anything else. So we just like to say that Derek Riddle, who is Robert, you did a fine job. You just didn't like the character. He did. <laughs> no, he, he did. did it really he well for really, us to have yeah. this, yeah. this yes. talk about yeah. it. But he was just a spoiled rich kid that didn't have to do anything much. Yeah. So. Loved his wife. That loved his yeah. wife. Very much so. And was concerned about that the queen. Sort of thing. Yeah. And she loved him. I mean, yeah. their relationship worked. They always found a moment to kiss amongst all this. Yeah, I did think that was a little all this death. funny. <laughs> and, commi- and committed treason and would have been killed anyway. Yeah. So, you know. But he committed treason for love. <laughs> Which I'm sure for would love not have been album. taken into account. <laughs> treason for Love is the follow-up album to, uh, <laughs> to Empire of the Wolf. That's on stage B right. at Coachella. <laughs> that one is a $300 markup. <laughs> I did like the quick cuts they made when the doctor put everything together. Oh, yeah. I mean, That's where the quick cuts work. In the observatory, the doctor needs to get things ready, so Sir Robert stays behind to delay the beast as long as he can. The doctor and Rose repositioned the telescope so it focused on the moon. Frank? No, this is before no, this that. Is before that. When they're reading, when when he's they're putting books. it all together that the diamond oh, fits into the whole the telescope plan. together. Oh, no. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was right. In his mind. Yeah, the, the cutting becomes more uh, staccato. 
Yes, but, they, it but they, it's actual cuts like yeah. rather than suspect. using the fight scene of the film. To make it, it staccato, here. this is, it's like he's focused on everything. It's like Sir Robert's dad, the prince, coming the here, setting up the, yeah. why the prism is not working the so same So every way statement is, it own, is its own cut? I'm not sort sure, of, but it of. feels more like that. Oh, I have to watch it again. Yeah. Because it's so well too. done, I don't yeah. notice. But it's just, there's so the many different little out. cuts that works. That's like, okay, we're putting, he's putting it yes. all together. Yeah, so it's a something. way of interpreting how his brain is assembling it all. So the wolf is Kaiser Soze. Right. Back to uh, the the end of the episode. The wolf is limping away. (laughs) I don't know. Kevin Spacey like playing werewolves. (laughs) Well, back to Frank's comment. Yeah, Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that too, and I think it carries more with David Tennant. Like, I think he has a lot of these epiphany scenes where right. he, like, goes back and forth. Yes. And oftentimes they do get frantic in the editing. Um, and I don't know if that's just his character, his actor style of, it's like... Pro- it's probably it's a choice. Russell, yeah. Russell does describe the Tenth Doctor. The Tenth Doctor's weapon is words. Right. So the doc, the Tenth Doctor does talk. But he does have explosions of epiphany yeah. a lot. Yeah. That could have been Tennant's Which is choice. the third follow-up album. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the Beast kills Sir Robert. No, And I like that like he grabs the sword. Yeah. And he just... I thought he was going to hack away at him longer than he did. Yeah, me too. Oh, but well. again, he does it so his wife will be proud yeah. and to kind of redeem himself. Redeem, it, redeem his honor, yeah. Treason, so. Yeah. Uh, no, and really. the wolf then breaks into the room. The doctor positions the diamond to reflect the condensed moonlight, and it hits the beast. And this, when they were trying to position the telescope, Rose is saying, well, moonlight helps him. That's what he needs. Mm-hmm. You know, the doctor's saying, well, you know, you're mostly water. 70%, 70% water, water, but you can, can still drown. Yeah. So it's the whole too much of a th- anything is such a good thing. Great. Like a thing. That's, a, that's such a Russell line. Yeah, it's great. That's such a Russell line. The werewolf is overpowered, <laughs> and the human part of it begs the doctor to make it brighter and free him. The doctor intensifies the beam, and the creature disintegrates into light. But, oh, well, before he actually disintegrates into light... Oh, wait, maybe I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Finish what you were saying, and then we'll yeah. decide. Repeat that last sentence. No, for no, the, you're for the quiet, listeners, I was... That the creature... Yes, we need video that right the, now. <laughs> that the creature uh, becomes aware of what's happening, and then... Do you see, that's what made me think he begs him to, to, to do it, right? Yes. Is that what you said? Yes. The wolf is overpowered, and the human part of it begs there the dog to make it brighter That's what I didn't hear. Him. I heard the echo of it once I started talking. Okay. <laughs> I like how the actor plays it off. It's like empathetic, empathetic. empathetic with him, you know? Like, he's lived all this, li- mm-hmm. this life of, like, being caged, and then now it is his moment to, like, be free of it, and he, he says, just kill me. I did like it. I, I thought it was poignant, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I felt like that's not the same person as that was in the cage, because even when he no, was still human, no. he was a horrible, it's not. evil It's the entity. <clears throat> that's showing that there's still some of the human in him that... So the soul's not completely gone. The soul was So gone. what you're saying is the body was tainting the entity? No, there's two mm. entities in there. There's a boy, so and then there's the alien. And the alien took over the body. Right. So like even in the human so form, it the it's the alien. That, uh, and the then song. this is some part of the boy is still there saying, and that free me. Think said. of it like Cassandra right. okay. and Rose. No, I got it. I got it. 
Yeah. Because like the wolf I'm kind of like Robert in this instance where I'm not picking <laughs> up on everything. No, it's okay. Thanks for keeping up. Um, it, but like, you know, Eugene's favorite line where he says, I carved out his heart. I carved out his heart. No, no, I carved out his, his soul, soul and sat in his heart. heart. Yeah. It doesn't I got it. mean he's necessarily telling the truth. I mean, yes, he did do that, but that doesn't mean that the kid is gone. But he was a shell of himself. It was yes, not. Yes, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But there was still part of him left when the wolf was, was you know, the light was right. doing whatever it was doing to the wolf. Suddenly, for a brief moment, he had the strength to speak. And he was still in there in a way and just say, mm-hmm. let me go. Which and makes like, me think that he was caged all the time and he was... Like like even back. though, even though that he was like revered by the monks, it was an entity that they can control. So he, that's why they taught him to fear the mistletoe. They had him in a cage. He was abused. And the only time they would set him free was when he was this wolf. Killing things. Killing things. So then maybe I completely they, agree with that. Yeah. When they, I think that's what they were doing. When they got, if, according to their plan, they would infect the royal family. And, but they wouldn't abuse them. They would. They might have. They the monks then would be in control of the royalty. Yeah. And this would be a set of form of power that uh, I they almost can thought use. If the monks weren't trying to be in control. I thought I almost felt like it was like it was their duty to put the wolf in power, and then the wolf would take. But we don't know if the wolf is the wolf all the time. It's never clearly stated yeah. that it could be, right. you know, how the full moon has the three night period. Mm-hmm. So it could be the rest of the month. Right. It's dormant. Well, that's what I mean. That's but, what I mean. But, but they, we don't they, know that because we're not at that period. We'd never right. see that. Yeah. But before the, the transformation, I mean, I know it's still a full moon time wise, but before the moonlight actually hits the man. It's the wolf talking. It's right. the entity talking. Right. Well, well, because it's not, I don't think it's a light switch. I think it is a gradual, he can take over when it gets, the full moon gets close. See, I, I don't think it has to be technically. I mean, we're not told one way or the other, but I still kind of with Arlene where it's like, it's the wolf. The entity is in charge the whole time. Yeah. Okay. You know, because the, the boy. Well, then there would be no, that's what I mean. There would be no empire of the wolf. It would just be total chaos. Why? If an animal. Well, maybe it is. No, but maybe that is what he's. He, he wants the empire of the wolf. Yeah. It's chaos. It he, doesn't mean that people would be sitting on a throne. No, it'd be chaos. They would have a controlled like the chaos would control everything at this point. It would be more Dothraki than King's right. Landing. Right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, survival of the fittest and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. The queen was injured in the attack. The doctor asks if she was bitten, and she replies, it is just a scratch from the door when the doctor broke in. The I t- mean, creature. the creature broke in. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> she, re- she refuses to let the doctor see it. Later, the queen knights the doctor, Sir Doctor of Tardis, and makes Rose, Dame Rose of Powell Estate. That's where she lives, the apartment complex? Yeah. Dame Rose of the Powell Estate. The Powell awesome. Estates is the name of... I never caught yeah. that. She then banishes them forever, stating that they find enjoyment in terrible things. She is not amused. And they giggle again. Again. (laughs) Like, oh, man. And as soon as they're on their high cloud nine, they're brought back down. (laughs) And uh, do you think it's realistic? What? What the queen did? Knighting them. Knighting them and and then banishing them? Banishing them? Because I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. because it's about they 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 protected the queen. Yeah, she's she's the... acknowledging their yeah. good deeds, but then at the same time, yeah. get out of here. 
yeah, there's also uh, it's all about formality. Part, yeah. yeah, part of me like splits it between this is the the queen as monarch mm-hmm. is rewarding them for services to the monarchy, mm-hmm. and then the queen, the person, says, "Now get out." She kind of pulled a Harry Jones. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Ish. That's okay. Sorry, well, never thought of that. I need to process that. That's good. <laughs> oh, you... that she's recognized. She respects the alienness, but uh, and and the duty that was performed, but uh, said duty protects protects the people by killing or banishing. Yeah, That's you know what I'm saying. Somewhat, but I think when she, well, I don't remember the not name. to the extent of Harriet Jones. I mean, not to the extent, but like basically, no, she rejects the doctor, the doctor. The doctor, it's like, yeah, but the doctor got everyone and her in agreement to let the you know, which race was it? Which was the alien? Sycorax. The Sycorax leave. Was it the Sycorax? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. in Christmas invasion. Right, right. Let the Sycorax leave, and then they were going to leave. She killed them anyway because of the threat that they could possibly be in the future. I see. Well, what you're okay. a warning okay. to everybody else. Too. Yeah, as a, yeah. yeah. So, but at the same time, the doctor's alien, and she calls upon Torchwood to do that. So there's and the that, queen. And the queen banishes. The queen creates Torchwood in that moment. But right. also, the queen couldn't talk about what happened there because it would cause mass hysteria. hysteria. So lunacy. Having, well, everyone would think she was crazy. Uh, yeah. So having to like just like send them away <laughs> is a way to not have to talk about it. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Also, they're I don't dangerous. think it's talking about. It. I think it is really. She is Protection. disgusted with them in yeah. her humor, oh, and, and, that and dangerous. She, too. They're dealing with I devil would, type of things. They, yeah, they play the with forces you never should play with. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not allowed here. Well, and again, like I know he didn't read it yet, but she will but, then create Torchwood in that moment, and Harry okay. used Torchwood to destroy yes, the Secret Eggs. Yeah. I can see how the Queen is like completely disgusted by them. Mm. Yes. And because you know roses half naked the whole episode (laughs) and then that was the last episode (laughs) oh yeah that's true (laughs) no but she's like naked like wearing hardly any clothes for that time frame and then this was her being more merciful by banishing them because she could have killed them and gotten rid of them knighted them and and then killed them (laughs) (laughs) she could have been no one would have known anything else yeah yeah Yeah. no (laughs) a waste of a good knighting (laughs) Uh, the Doctor and Rose make their way back to the TARDIS, discussing the fact that the Queen did suffer from a mutation of the blood, hemophilia, uh, that was not hereditary. They speculate that she was bitten and proceeded to bite her own children. <laughs> the wolf cell needs time to grow, and it is possible that the royal family could be werewolves. Princess Anne. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen Princess Anne? I think so. I think that's a great historical, like, joke, um, like, a conspiracy, almost, if you will. Like, why is this thing in the royal family? And then let's explain it this way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Even fun. though... It's a fun thing. We know why. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. We know why what? The, the, the hemophilia in does, in women, there is just a spontaneous mutation oh. in the blood, and then the women carry it. So, so they don't dormant. usually have symptoms, hmm. but they carry it, and they can easily pass it on to their male, male. offspring, yeah. and then the male offspring suffer from it. And oh. that's what happened with Queen Victoria's descendants. Um, and Queen Victoria's descent, she had, I believe, I want to say 12 children that made it to adulthood. And they were married throughout the royal families of Europe. Uh, so 
the hemophilia gene was spread mm-hmm. throughout Why? Europe for a yeah. while. Um, it was really bad in the Spanish royal family. Um, and then it hit a couple others. But, you know, the, they didn't have DNA testing. But, yeah. you know, just from the way that hemophilia was um, tracked. Hmm. It just happened. It just was it something happened in the birth. And because women only carry it, they don't really know how far back it, back back it can go. But they really don't feel that um, uh, Queen Victoria's mother had, had the gene because Queen Victoria's brothers were all fine. Oh, so they think that it really was just a mutation in Victoria. And that's how it happened. Right. I feel- and, that, and that's very common to uh, the origin of hemophilia and pay people. Hmm. I feel you. <laughs> it's a fascinating. I mean, if you like history, it's a fascinating thing to to track because it also leads you to realize how interwoven all the, the royal, European yeah. royal families were Absolutely. and how they were all married to yeah. each everybody. Other. Well, this, uh, it reminds me of supposedly ninety eight percent of the population of the world have some Genghis Khan DNA in them. Yeah, right. Mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got around. <laughs> The queen decides then to create an institute to study and protect the kingdom from unworldly threats. She names it after the manor house that showed her this danger. It is called the Torchwood Institute. And we never hear that again. (laughs) (laughs) So that would be um, our third uh, reference of Torchwood. Yes. Counting season one and season two. Uh, Let's just remember when though. So it was the one that I was just talking about. With the Sycorax. Yes. And one before that? or Yes. In the, the Android in the game show, one of the answers in is Torchwood. Oh, Torchwood. Right, right. And, but it what is was the, the question? Do we, are we that geeky enough Something was built on the ruins of the Torchwood Institute. Oh. And it was, you know, bibbly bobbly boobly boobly boo. So are they in Cardiff? Is this? No. No, it's they're totally. In Scotland. Okay. And that's not related. Cardiff's not in Scotland. No. no, no. Okay. Cardiff is mm-hmm. in Wales. In Wales. Which is, yeah, the other side of the but, island. But this is the first reference to Torchwood in season two. It's My, only the first episode, technically. Second. It's only the second episode, technically. <laughs> well, <laughs> Christmas Invasion is a Christmas That's a special. Christmas special. A Christmas I, I'm special. not counting that. Okay. And yeah. then there is no mention of it in New Earth. No. And then there is this mention of it in Tooth and Claws. Here yes. in America, it's called the Flashlight Institute. Gosh. I believe it's the Maglight Institute. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, Torchwood is a spinoff of yes. Doctor Who. And we'll get to that. And, but you know, the Torchwood still comes through Doctor Who, so there are going to be more episodes about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, you know, seeing as how this is already the third reference to it, it's on track with Bad Wolf from the first season. So you can kind of piece it, piece it together that this might be important to this season. I don't know. Ooh. It's not. As, it's not. It's not the same as Bad Wolf. No, it's not at all. So no. it's just. It's just putting down a few grains. Yes. Uh, bread and also, at this point in time, there was no Torchwood series. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, I uh, can see the look on your face. I, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it was being written. But not no no uh uh-huh. no no I don't think so not yet we we just heard it on the commentary that they the that's a lie because in, <gasps> in they lied to us in the commentary <laughs> because in the Christmas invasion he said he, Russell mentions that I have like thirty pages into this and it's talking <coughs> about the Torchwood I guess but when did you do the commentary was I'm wondering if that was I don't know no the, no but the, you know, the Christmas invasion they did the commentary before it aired huh. yeah. 
So it is current, but so I think he's like making. Maybe fun. he's doing a treatment. Not that yeah, Russell but, does but treatments. I'm just saying but there's something. Notes. He has ideas, yeah. maybe. But it wasn't. I don't think there was a Torchwood show yet. No, half of writing is rewriting. <laughs> um, no, Eugene writes in pen. There's no, no mistakes. <laughs> uh, in oh, the re- all mistakes. <laughs> is this backwards day or is this not backwards day? <laughs> in the original series, series is second episode, <laughs> second season episode, the Crusade. William Hartnell's doctor wistfully comments. I almost wish I was knighted too, after seeing Ian Chesterton being dubbed Sir Ian by Richard Lionheart himself. To that, Vicky replies, that'll be the day. And so indeed, this marks the day that the doctor is knighted. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Thought that was cool for our, all our classic Hoobians out there. The way you read that, was that from Wikipedia? Yes. What is this Wikipedia you speak of? Doesn't sound like the way you would write it. <laughs> also, uh, the the actress that plays the queen is Pauline Collins. Yeah, why do I, where do I know her from? I will let you know. This episode of Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> she uh, appeared previously in the series, uh, I guess the classic, as Samantha Briggs in the second Doctor serial, The Faceless Ones. This marks her third act the third actor from the classic series to appear in the new series following William Thomas from Remember, Remembrance of the Daleks and Boomtown and Nisha Nayar from Paradise Towers and Bad Wolf slash The Parting of Ways. She, was also, she, she had been offered the role of companion in 1967 but turned it down. And she is also the first female Oscar-nominated performer to appear in the series. She was nominated for Best Actress in the leading role in a leading role in Shirley Valentine, 1989. Oh. I don't, yeah, that's Shirley Valentine. Yeah. I knew mm-hmm. I recognized her. I was on HBO all the time when I was a kid. <laughs> I had no idea that was Shirley Valentine. Yes, she's a really good actress. Mm-hmm. She plays it really well. Wow, she really disappeared into that. Into Victoria. Yeah. Who would we rec? Who is this episode good for? Meaning, this episode is good for who? (laughs) (laughs) A a new Who viewer, a casual Whovian, a fan of the show, or a diehard Whovian completist? Brian. Uh, I would say that this is good for a new Who viewer. So good, in fact, that I've done that a number of times, including, I think, with you. Yes. (gasps) Yes. <gasps> yeah. This was the first show you ever watched? Uh, I watched The Girl in the Fireplace, the, uh, this one, and then the next one. Oh, I usually, that's my three. So you were I, a newish Who viewer. I, well, it's this the same is my city. three. Oh, this is the first the episode. Third, what's the third one? It's, it's, it's School Reunion. It, yeah. Oh, the, it's Tooth and Claw, School Reunion, and Girl in the Fireplace, which are the next three episodes. They're so all on the same disc. <laughs> everybody pretty much already knows my answer for the next two podcasts gotcha. after this one. Um, but yeah, this would be a new Who viewer. I love this episode. I think this episode is fun. I think this gets you into Doctor Who, tells you what it does, and you have a good time doing it. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. Frank. I think I've put it in the casual viewer category. Not for the new who. Boo. Who do you do? Boo who. The next podcast. It just seems more of you know, a good horror story rather than a Doctor Who story. So I think it's a good story. I like it. I almost would be in uh, the first category, but I would go for casual just because... There are entire seasons of Doctor Who that are horror, though. <laughs> it is Doctor Who to be horror. Very gothic, very horror. Waters of Mars. 
Yeah, well, I don't like that yet. one. <laughs> I know, isn't that sacrilege? We're, we're also he's he's probably referring to the classic Who. Yeah, but yeah. the classic Who is very horror-y at times. Right. So, Not that I'm trying to change your mind, just change your mind. So casual. But I would say casual because I the new Who just I don't think it really has a th- the same theme as some of the other Doctor Who ones that I would want to introduce a new person to. Got it. So I think it's borderline like someone else's, and I had to go for the casual. Cool. <laughs> Albert. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with Frank. I'll go with casual. Just to, to help keep some separation between these categories, um, I mean, I think it was an enjoyable episode. I, I enjoyed watching it. But yeah, it doesn't necessarily give the the background or, or all of the, the notes that I would want a new Who viewer to get in a, their first episode. So I'll go with casual. Cool. Josh? I say new. Uh, I don't Ooh. disagree with that, but um, I think this, again, tells you what you could get in in a Doctor Who episode, the campiness and the silliness, and then it really tells you all the characters, because he plays detective, Rose does her thing, you get historical figures who have a personality, like we were saying, so I, I think it, it, aside from the campiness of the werewolfness, it's, it pretty much encapsulates the the series. And even the campiness of it being a werewolf kind of harkens back to the origin to the episode Rose, where there's mannequins walk doing the robot. Can you expand more on the campy quality? Because I thought the werewolf was good. Yeah, the, the idea of it, the execution of it, I didn't feel was campy. But the fact it's a, it's werewolf, a werewolf that you don't you know, like having Costello meet the werewolf. You mean like the Queen vi- Victoria is running from a werewolf kind of? Yes, thing? yes, okay. yeah, that's kind of so what more I mean. silly. But even what you just said is kind of interesting. It's like we've seen the werewolf. We've seen we've never seen Queen Victoria running from a werewolf. That's what makes it interesting, and <laughs> and the way that they mesh everything together in the series. And this episode was done so it even had kung fu. Uh, uh, does everything so well that it's it's you can't look at this episode and say it wasn't made well. But True. they had Queen Victoria and the werewolf running through doorways and then back and forth back and like forth. the Scooby Doo. Then yeah. it would be way too campy. Yeah. Or to Benny Hill music. <laughs> Arlene. So this is definitely for a new Who viewer. Yes. Just because if it weren't for episodes like this, I wouldn't be sitting here at this podcast. Hooray. Because some of the other episodes that you would say is classic who, Eugene literally had to force me to sit down and watch it. (laughs) He's like, no, you're watching these episodes. And I probably don't remember a couple because I probably fell asleep while Eugene was watching them and I was pretending to watch them. (laughs) So, yes, this is the... New Who viewers, it, I think it opens the audience up to people who are into something more than just sci-fi. Good so. point. I like your points. I'm still sticking with mine, but I do like your points. <laughs> and I was like, that's definitely valid. I like that. I would uh, classify this for a New Who viewer as well. We win! <laughs> <laughs> I think that the second disc on the Season 2 DVD box set is like one of the best episodes, uh, like that's a, one of the best discs. Yeah, one of the best discs in the the run of this era where or you can any just, show. Yeah, you it's can just <laughs> pop that disc in and watch all the episodes and and put it on repeat. Yeah, <laughs> and it's on there. Um, what what Josh said, I just wanted to bring up one more thing. I couldn't remember, and what Josh had reminded me is that the original version of this story was that there was an alien insect in the queen's eye and as the writer was writing this it was more about 
it wasn't the tone that they were going for. And he respectfully said, um, I can't write Doctor Who. And then they abandoned it. And we have what we have today. That's interesting. Yeah. Foreshadowing to a future story. Yes. <laughs> You've heard our views. What do you think about the mistletoe? Did it affect the werewolf? Or was it the monk's training that affected the werewolf? Let us know. So that wraps up Tooth and Claw. We will see you next time when the future becomes the present. Thank you for listening to this episode of Who Knew? Our wonderful theme music is by Michael Grady. You can find his work at theuniverseexplodes.com. You can find this show in several places. Follow us on Twitter at Who Knew Podcast. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Who Knew Podcast. All of our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. You can leave comments there or email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is inspired by Doctor Who. The longest running sci-fi show in history, and especially the revival spearheaded by Russell T. Davis. Thanks to Russell, Sidney Newman, Verity Lambert, Ron Grainer, and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite Time Lord. Your work continues to inspire and entertain. So this is my question. Yes. Do I need to start watching Torchwood? Is uh, this, we'll uh, help you What out. is this Torchwood that you speak of? This, uh, oh, please. Everybody knows. I already <laughs> talked about yeah, it. We'll, we'll help you out with that yeah, we'll be, when we'll, we get we'll, there. I'm very there will be a future thing where we won't. We're not going to go in depth into I hear Torchwood. there's a lot of kissing. Must be a lot of mistletoe <laughs> in that show. <laughs> uh, yeah, by the end, I think everyone's kissed everyone. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I think everybody has kissed everybody on wow. that show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now we're on public radio. Uh, I know. Welcome to... Hello, we're doing Tooth and Claw. <laughs> what, what?